Hey everybody, welcome to our wonderful pre-rush shot edition of RZ Weekly. My name is Jermaine Spolker, I'm here with Harabanit Mali Drobsky, who is at MMY and teaching live at MMY. It's really good, the, the students are here, and also is a social worker and therapist in Gush Etzion. We're also with Rav Johnny Salomon, who teaches in a bunch of different places, Bravenders, I think you, where you teach uh, also Mahon one of the places, Mahon Mayan, Matan. Matan, online, join his online kolel. I am Ruven Spolter, and together with Johnny, we, are, uh, we, we put together an online learning initiative called Kita. Check it out, kita.org. Today we're going to, oh, before we start, uh, if you like this podcast, it would really help us if you subscribe to it and increase our numbers, because our advertisers are always asking us for increased numbers. And if you wouldn't mind rating us, preferably five stars on the iTunes store, that'll help other people find this amazing podcast. Okay, today we're going to start, we're doing our Rosh Hashanah end of the year wrap up. But before we do, surprise question, Molly Brabsky, will there be a seger? Will there be a general closure in Israel in the coming few uh, weeks? Hmm. That was um, <laughs> if they have any guts, they will do it, as the, and they should do it. They don't have to do it for a long time. They should do it for a little bit of an t- amount of time because we are completely out of control. Um, I just, I mean, I don't have any faith anymore in the government to make good decisions. They're just, stu- like, I, I've been rendered speechless by the um, stupidity and um, self-interest um, and holding on to government seats that I'm seeing, and it's just very, very upsetting to me. I mean, what is this business of we're having a, yes? a lockdown on <laughs> Is that a yes or no? And then, oh, the lockdown will only be from 7 o'clock at night until 5 o'clock in the morning. Because that makes a difference. Like, like, how stupid do you think we are? So, I'm ho- I, I hope so. I'd be happy if there was. I think we could. I hope so. Johnny Solomon, will, you be. Be da- will anybody be davening in shul on Rosh Hashanah morning? There will be uh, groups of people davening in shuls on Rosh Hashanah morning. But every shul has a limited number, as I'm somebody who gets involved in arranging the speakers for shul. In our community, there's going to be four different minyanim, because we have a maximum of about 60 people per building. So it creates a logistical nightmare, but I believe that's what's going to be happening, and some outside too. So we will be davening, actually, so my prediction is they will, they will call a general, without a doubt, they will call a general closure of the entire, uh, entire country for the entirety from Rosh Hashanah through Sukkot. They'll just say, we're shutting it down for those two weeks, maybe even more, three weeks, because that's what they think they need. And they will mm-hmm. include the shuls in it, because in the end, we've seen the government push come to shove, says, listen, what can you do? Can't do anything. Like davening in shuls is never a priority for the government. So I believe we will, nobody will be davening in shul. That's my prediction. I don't, I don't know what I want. I mean, I, I want people not to, I want people to be careful, but they apparently can't do that. And I think that they're just going to come to the conclusion, which I think is true, that davening and Rosh Hashanah davening specifically with the shofar and with the singing is just a super spreader event and it cannot be avoided. And that's why everyone, if they daven anywhere, will be davening in the street. As it is now here in Yad Binyamin, that's my prediction. I don't know what you guys think, but that's my prediction. But we're planning on davening in the street. We have no, we, we've been davening, we're still davening in the street. We've planned an entire Rosh Hashanah. We have our Rabbanim, we have our Balei Tefillah lined up. We have... People building, you know, shades for themselves. Well, so interestingly, in our community, in my street, there are a bunch of street minyanim. And then all of a sudden, the shul came out and said, oh, by the way, we're arranging minyanim indoors also. 
So then you don't know, should I dive it inside? But I actually personally, I'm actually davening for the Amun, whatever that means. But I personally am not, like I daven in shul in the morning because there's like 25 people and <laughs> it's hard to describe. They, they divided us into capsulot. And capsulot are basically plastic sheets, hanging sheets that don't go from the ceiling to the whatever. And I don't really understand what these capsulot do because the Kohanim come from all the capsulot and go up to the front and then come back to the capsulot. I actually think it's like a halachic. The joke that I like to say is like, it reminds me when I was in Shir and then Rav Rosenzweig would say, oh, according to the Ritva, could be the Gavra, could be the Chepza. And then all of a sudden, if you didn't understand Ashita, it didn't make any sense, then you always had an out of a Halacha Lamoshe Misinai, because it doesn't have to make sense, because Halacha Lamoshe Misinai, I believe Kapsulot or Halacha Lamoshe Misinai. That's my understanding of Kapsulot. <laughs> why, why aren't the Kainim all davening in a single capsule? Because the Kainim are sitting where they normally sit. Okay. They shouldn't. <laughs> why don't they just sit I mean, like, together? Why don't they move? They're yeah, they, this, is not, this is not rocket science. Why aren't the Kainim, <laughs> who all need to do something together... Sitting together. Wait, I don't understand. Is, I just told you it's Allah Halamosh Misina. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not kidding. Firstly, I'm a lady, you know, right? So like, uh, I, I have a vested interest. My wife, so in the schools, they divide them up into all, into capsules. So she teaches half the school at this time. But then lo and behold, she teaches the other capsule at the other time. Correct. So the teachers are the spreaders. They have to the teach capsules. twice. Also, they teach, they have to teach double classes because they divided the school by... Um, oh God! I don't know if this half, is better answer. But, but they're still answer. in cockpits. Whatever. Okay, let's. Uh, anyway, I was at a bat mitzvah last night. I love the people, but I don't also don't understand why it is that they can't say you can have any simcha you want. There's no dancing. Yeah. There's uh, no dancing because dancing people cannot control themselves. They they just can't, and that's where these. I I don't know. I, that's why Actually, I believe just, the country will be shut down come Rosh Hashanah time. Just to tell you, I saw pictures of a friend's wedding from last week, and what they did was, it's as if everyone did a mitzvah dance, so there was big circle dancing, and everyone had to have a string of two meters between each other. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it with um, pool noodles. People hold pool noodles on. Yeah, but uh, you didn't yeah, see okay. the part, point which everybody's dancing with each other after. Correct. But anyway, Without their masks on. They just can't control it. It's, un- it's uncontrollable. Okay, that, now that we've gotten that out of the way, it's sort of a little catharsis about what our predictions. We actually are going to do a sort of wrap-up. <laughs> Each of us is going to discuss, discuss the, the episodes or this, the episode or episodes that they enjoyed the most or that they thought about and they want to do a little recap of. And then we're going to talk about what are you davening for over the coming year, uh, which I think is looking, looking forward. There's, there's a lot to daven for. But so uh, the, the, the condition of that question is, other than world health, obviously, and the end of corona, because that's obvious, and I hope everyone prays for that, as we might, as we should. What are you diving for this year? So first, we'll start. I'm going to start with Johnny. Johnny, will you share with us what were your what episodes, you know, that 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 bring back um, um, the most thoughts for you? Tell us what you'd like to share with us, so we can respond. Okay, so uh, I actually wasn't sure until last night when I read watched the news. Sorry. And I was watching the news and there was a long piece about bike shops being incredibly busy this time of year for two reasons. Number one, because of Corona, being on a bike means you can get out and you have a bit of fresh air while doing some exercise. So a lot of people are repairing bikes and and using them to get from A to B. But secondly, and this was central to the uh, piece on, I think it was Khan News, was the fact that it is customary amongst many secular Jews on Yom Kippur to ride bikes in streets on Yom Kippur. And there's a swell of activity of people getting their bikes ready 
for this, in inverted commas, minhag. Uh, now, if you recall, uh, in, in an episode we did this past year, we reviewed the book called Hashtag Israeli Judaism, Portrait of a Cultural Revolution, by Shmuel Rosner and Camille Fuchs. And there they described uh, the uh, phenomenon called Jews-Raelis, describing how being Israeli leads to a unique fusion of uh, halachic identity, but Jewish cultural identity and Israeli identity, and creating paradoxes in many ways within part of our society. Now, some are to the benefit of the observance of Jewish practice. As we know, many Jews in Israel, even if they're not so observant, do keep certain festivals, Hanukkah, Pesach. But they do discuss over a number of pages this strange phenomenon of people riding their bikes on Yom Kippur. Now, of course, according to Jewish law, that's inappropriate, that's forbidden. Riding a bike is problematic. But why are people riding bikes on Yom Kippur? It's as if to mark the uniqueness of a day when there are no cars on the road because Yom Kippur is so significantly observed in the country. And we discussed this, as I say, in our episode and asked ourselves, where is that coming from? What is that expressing? Is that a yearning for, uh, for a certain connection to a kind of strange metamorphosis of something Jewish? Or is this something incredibly alien and we want nothing to do with it? Personally, I haven't yet reconciled that. John, Johnny, I, can I, I, like, I, want to, I want to follow up because let's bring this up to date. Did you see the article in Macquarie Shone a few weeks ago about the idea of going back to this idea of, of what he called... You know, Yahadut Yisraelit, you know what I'm talking about, where he said that we, we have lo we'd lost people because we sort of denigrate the people who keep mitzvot in their simplicity and expect perfection of them. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? I, you sent I, it. You I, sent it to us. I have, yeah, I still have a backlog I, in the college. Sorry, kid who went to an Ashkenazi yeshiva, and um, he says, look, we lost our Sfardiyut, this whole, that whole Masora, you know. Correct. Correct. So I was wondering, I mean, it, it very much resonated that, that, that topic with me. Well, now that you're mentioning it, like, it, it brought me back to the idea of Jews-Israelis. And, uh, you know, whether there's something called, is it, do you believe, do you think that there's something called, now I know, I'm not talking about um, Rosh Hashanah, you know, Yom Kippur, biking on Yom Kippur. That's an interesting cultural phenomenon, I would say. It, it's sort of become a minhag, you know what I'm saying? But I, I don't think that that's religion, per se. But do you of think that there is a... But never the, the very fact it's on the news being discussed... Oh, 100%. Everybody knows that, that what we all do uh, already some weeks before Yom Kippur. It's very, very curious. Uh, and of course, it makes me realize there's so much more still to be done in terms of teaching an authentic expression of Judaism to those who are hungry for something Jewish, but are often turning to, to um, uh, what would we say, um, made up practices which they feel are they're able to connect to you mean like uh, going to some place in uh, in the ukraine to com commune by a rabbi's grave because that's more important than i don't know anything i'm, I'm just saying okay I i'm not comparing the two I, we could that's for another episode um no but i'm saying do you think there is such a thing as israeli judaism i wouldn't call it that's more, it's it's uh, not on the level that we expect of ourselves but it certainly is, there's a flavor to it that's, it, 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 there's, it's halachic in some way. You know what I'm saying? We don't experience this because we don't live it, but there's a whole community of, of people that Friday night, they have a Friday night dinner, they make kiddush, they go to Bit Knesset, you know, and then they go watch a soccer game. And, and 
maybe we ignore that at our peril see that don't see that as being religious we see that as being secular a, a lot of people do ignore it but nevertheless too many people also rely on it and that's ebbing away generation after generation so uh, i mean of course that phenomenon of people who used to go to synagogue and then work wasn't exclusively an israeli phenomenon that's discussed in chuvot about european jury uh, a century ago but things changed then and things are changing before our eyes now uh, and those who, the parents or grandparents who are traditional but maybe not religious, their children and grandchildren really aren't so traditional and most certainly aren't so religious. Uh, that's what uh, makes that, that I'm, book I'm just so... going to push back on that. Are you sure? I, I, I don't know. But the sense that I get is many Israelis in general are much more religious than we give them credit for. Yeah, and also the trend is towards more um, spiritual... Um, religiously identified that wasn't that the point of the book? So, wasn't that one of the points of the books and, and I, the, the, well the point was describing this phenomena where it exists but from what i see and i and i try and do kind of quite a lot of traveling and visiting and talking to people i believe that's stronger than some people think but the uh, ebbing away the dilution is also stronger than many mm. people think and so when we were talking and really part of our session here is to reflect on the past and, and think about the future i asked myself as an individual as a member of a of a religious community religious zionist community i know that in streets and roads maybe not so far from here people are going to be biking on kippur i know that some people are trying to reach out to some quasi religious expression or some quasi jewish cultural expression uh, sometimes looking in the right places, often looking in the wrong places. The question, I've said this many times, is what am I doing about it to make a difference? Meaning, my job as a religious Jew with some, I hope, understanding of Torah mitzvot is to be an ambassador of the things that I believe in um, and trying to add value beyond my family and my community to the wider society. And we're coming around to another Yom Kippur and I ask myself, what have we done? And in fact, Ruby, you've asked this a number of occasions when events have happened, either in response to Corona or when we were discussing that terrible case uh, in Elat. What have the religious Zionists be done to enrich the dialogue, to st stand up for their morals? And so I wrote that I piece in the Times of Israel because of do. you, because you yelled at me and said, so what, you only speak English. That, that's a, you, you spurred me on. I said, I have to write something. Right. But, and, but we need to do even more than Times of Israel posts. I know, I know. I feel so like, I'm, I'm, I love where I live, but I feel like it's so selfish in a sense that you just, you're in a bubble. I, I don't know. That's kind of what I feel like. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Molly. What? Okay. So first of all, I, I had forgotten about, I should say I'd forgotten, but I hadn't considered that, that whole, that I think we really followed that as a topic, the, you know, religious nature, the, I'd say the ongoing development of the um, nature of the state of Israel, which I found quite fascinating. Um, I, found, I, I thought that was really interesting. But I think if I had to choose one of our podcasts that, like at my favorite, interestingly, it was one that had nothing to do with current events. Um, and we kind, of, we kind of fetched it to try to talk about religious Zionism, but it wasn't really about religious Zionism. It was about um, what... The, the pursuit of um, meaning in life, uh, success versus happiness, and what makes mm. a, a fulfilled life. 
And I, I really enjoyed that conversation because, um, first of all, I think about that issue a lot. And, I, and, I, and, I, and it was very um, affirming for me. And, and, and I felt not just that, but like I gained from the conversation. And I think also like going into Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, like remembering what it's really all about. Um, you know, the pursuit of success versus pursuit of, of, of meaningful relationships and a meaningful life. Um, meaningful relationship meaning a true relationship and understanding with yourself, healthy, deep, um, loving relationships with other people and um, in your relationship with God. That's what I think is the triangle of, 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 of existence. So I really liked that. I liked it because I felt like it helped me. It, I, I need to. I need to align. I, you know, like I get pulled away from what our purpose is in life, and it. I like. To, I, I, I like to align back into into values. Um, you know, to re, realign my own values, and I, that's why I like that. Um, I like that podcast. Okay. And I, just okay. this is an observation. You know, uh, we often get feedback from listeners, which we greatly appreciate. Uh, but just to remind them, in many ways, us, that this isn't a pre-scripted conversation. This is a real conversation. You know, sometimes people say, why didn't you say this? And the answer is, because we were just engaged in saying that and, and time ran out. <laughs> we, I, I can say I personally, um, and Amalie's just said that, and I presume the same as we do, that we all gain from these conversations because this is a window in time that we've created to share ideas out loud. We don't always profess to be perfect or right oftentimes we're wrong but there's a certain amount in many ways courage to share our thoughts as they develop as they emerge out loud uh, in front of a microphone and I too was very much moved uh, in that episode because all of us have this sense of um, feeling that there's a at times a misalignment and we all need each other to to nudge us to remember what's important and I think that's what we did for ourselves and for our listeners. Yeah, and I want to add to you, Johnny, like a thank you, because I feel like Molly, in the, in we're the, lucky the, that we got... Yeah, sorry, finish your point. And then how do you point. keep it on, like, I always find this, like when I learn a sukya about tefillah, so then my davening is better, and then because my memory is so bad, which is a blessing, then, then I forget about it, and I go back, and I, like, I fall back to the mean. Like, how do you, you know, it was a great conversation, and all of you should go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it before, but... You know, and then the needs of the day and, the, you know, the pressing matters that are on your mind. And, you know, there's got to be something more concrete, small and concrete that makes that can help keep that kind of focus because it is so important. So yeah. what do you do? Right. So first of all, what I was going to say was, you know, since Johnny spoke about what he values about this podcast, I want to say I also value these conversations because... Um, I think we all try to be very real, and I think we all, I, I think that more or less we're all striving to be good people, right? Like we're all, we're really, at the end of the day, um, we're really doing our best to um, to try to make the right ethical choices and and religious choices. And so why did I just say that in response to your question? Because I think that's part of the answer is like surround yourself with people who are aligned with your values. Um, it's, not, it's, it's not as simple as it sounds. Um, I think that's one answer. I think for me, another part of it is that, ironically, I feel like that alignment with values over success, right? Um, it, it's it's so pre prevalent. The choice is 
so commonly there that it's not hard for me to think about it because it's like almost every minute of every day you're confronted with with a choice, right? How do you phrase something? Do, do you post something on social media? Do you not post something on social media? Um, again, I'll tell you what I, what I really think. I don't know if this is real an answer, really an answer to your question, but it's, it, it sort of is. Um, it's one of these, you know, quotes that, you know, you find in places. So it's like, it, the quote is, there are three rules to life. Rule number one, be kind. Rule number two, be kind. Rule number three, be kind. And I feel like that's a similar, like, it's that. It's like that choice, right? When you're, let's say, standing outside and you have a choice of speaking to somebody who you know, you know, could use a kind word and could use some attention. Or you could talk to somebody who, you know, is, is a mover and a shaker and you need to get something out of them and they can, and, and you can, you know, close a deal on something. And you choose to put your attention um, in the place where you're choosing to be kind. So I feel like it's, like my answer is it's, you know, you're saying it's, so, it, how do you make it concrete? I think it's the most concrete um, kind of challenge we can possibly have because it, it, the, the, the choice and, and, and the, again, like, like you can go one of two ways. It's, it's just constantly repeating itself in our lives over and over and over. So can I push back a little bit? Sure. So as you know, Johnny and I are building this thing that I really believe in. I think it has tremendous potential. I think it's important. I think it's valuable. But the only way it will ever be anything is if you push yourself on people. And you, instead of having the kind conversation, you go for the important person. And you have to make that choice over and over and over again. And, I, you know, and I've seen in my, in my work experience now, I've seen people who are very, very successful. And in general, the people who are leading and successful and doing amazing things, and I don't really, I don't want to denigrate anyone, but the way they got there was not by being that person. I know. I know. And, I... and the way they got to do, like, I was talking to our great rabbi, and I was like, I was like, and I was telling him the thing, he's like, that's amazing, you should do more. And I was like, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu make the world in such a way that in order to do good things, you have to raise a lot of money. You have to be, you know, you have to be out in front and people care about these things and you have to be flashy and flamboyant and you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. well, one second. We were, ta uh, we were talking uh, about like, what, one of the things I love about this conversation, I love about it is that you two are very thoughtful people and you're considerate people and we have real conversations about real things. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not Ben Shapiro where everything is clear and it's all black and white. And even though I like, you know, you, or Rachel Maddow or whatever side you like. But that's, that's our weakness. You know, we would be much more, this podcast would be much more popular if we just ripped into each other all the time. Right. So I just want to say one thing about that and then I really want to hear what Johnny has to say. But I feel like I, 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 I chew over this question all the time. And I've just come to the conclusion, maybe other people know how to do it. Maybe Johnny's going to give an answer of how you can do both or hold both in your life. I can't. I can't be that person. For me, it's like, I'm going to have to, like, at the end of the day, I just have to decide. Do I want to be kind or do I want to, I don't know what the other, fill in the blank for the other mode. And so if I, if, if, if I, it's like I don't have a choice. Like those are my choices. So then I feel like, what does God want? You know, it's like, I think that's the question. You know, I think, so like, what does God want at the end of the day? I think he wants us to, to... He wants somebody to be loud. 
He wants somebody to be in your face. You know, but it's clearly he doesn't want that person to be me. That's fine. But he but he made the world in such a way that those people, you know, the Ishayahu oh, Navis okay. of the world, the Ishayahu Navis of the world. I have to find this like, quote. They got ignored. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to find his quote. This is now. Johnny, book. go ahead. Johnny, Johnny's usually the one looking through books. I'm going to look through a book to see if I can find this quote. What do you think, Johnny? <laughs> what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Well, well, I think you've made two measures which I'd like to push back on. Number one, you said, you know, why do you have to be, you know, rich to do good? I no, I, I, no, I didn't say rich to do good. I didn't say that. I said the people that I know, not rich people. You could have very wonderful, wonderful, kind, rich people. I'm talking about which are not rich. I'm talking about people in organizations that I know that are leading organizations. They're, they're out there. They're in front. They're, they're, they're not, they're, I'm not saying they're not kind people. God forbid. I don't want to be misunderstood. But they're political people. And they know, how to carry, they know how to talk to the people and make them feel good and kiss up to the people that want to be made kiss up to and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's I, the opposite of be, that's not be kind, be kind, be kind. It's just not. Uh, I, again, I think there are people who are uniquely talented who, just because they have a certain persona, are also profoundly kind. I think there are different people who are introverts and extroverts and some uh, you know, thrive with the attention with the bustlingness that go around them and some thrive in the more quiet moments what i can say is that um that we are all blessed with unique gifts and if when we go tonight to bed every night we say have i been true to those gifts um have i uh, been an ever hashem have i served god and have i used the the uh, kelim god's given me to try and do good to others that's a pretty good feeling that's, you know, days where perhaps I come close to doing that. I feel exceedingly uh, affluent, not in terms of money, but affluent in a much, much deeper, much, much more profound way. Um, my job, I don't, I don't need to be those other people. I don't want to be those other people. I'm not driven to be. Um, that's not to diminish others. It's to be true to oneself. I, I, um, I, I, I hope I'm not being clear. I don't mean to diminish any, anybody else. I don't mean that. I'm not, I'm not, Molly, am I not being clear? Do you understand? Yeah, what yeah you're being very clear to me. I think just Johnny is just uh, more, um, uh, maybe, not that I can speak for Johnny, but I think he's more integrated. You know, he, he, he's at peace with it. He's integrated these two aspects of himself, and I still struggle with it. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to give my... I'm gonna, I, I, I'm wait, I was going to say, I apologize. You probably hear the, mute, the, the the pages turning, and I'm sorry if I'm messing up the recording. It's all good. We're looking forward to the quote. Yeah, I seriously. find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll mention my, uh, the podcast, the, the episodes that I wanted to, that I reflected on. There were a number of episodes that we talked about women's issues. We talked about Yoatzot Halacha. I don't know if you remember the crazy story of the women in Yad Bin Yamin, uh, Simchat Torah, that comes up every single year. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And this came up again, and Molly actually refused to talk about it, when a bunch of women sued the chief rabbi of Israel because they wanted to... talk about it. I think I just sighed and said, again, women? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you refused to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it keeps rearing its ugly head. And I think to myself, I'll just... I'll share a story. So as you know, in Corona, there is a... a, um, a strong limit there was for a long time on how many people could be in shul and it was a period of time it was limited to 20 people and so they had 20 people in the sanctuary on shabbat morning i, I we davened outside 20 people in the sanctuary on shabbat morning and then another 20 on the like or however many were in the pergola outside in the heat 
And, and there was a girl, a young girl in, in the Ezrat Nashim because she wanted to go down. And a member of ours, a wonderful young woman, and she's in the Ezrat Nashim. And all of a sudden, like, she sees the men come up, look at her, like, give her, like, death looks. Like, seriously? You're taking up the, the space? Because the Ezrat Nashim is considered a separate, you know, like, capsule or whatever. And, uh, and that, that was fine. So she continued to daven. Until finally a man come up to her and came up to her once and said, would you mind leaving because, you know, we all have to sit in the pergola because, you know, you're here in the Ezrat Nashim. And we were like... I said, my wife was so indignant about that. She made a point to go and daven at that minion in order to allow this girl to, uh, to, to, to stay in shul unguilted. That she, you mm-hmm. know, that she shouldn't feel guilty to be in shul. And I feel like we haven't, we haven't moved at all. I feel that things are not, I don't, I don't know, at least in Israeli society, I don't, I don't think, I don't see things changing that much. I know institutions are sort of changing. Most of them are run by Anglos, if you would ask me. I know Rabbi Eliezer Malam had a very interesting quote the other day, but this, this issue is going to be here for a, for a long, long time. And I, I don't think Israelis are ready for it. I don't know if I know, I don't have the answer, but I don't think Israelis are ready for it in any way, shape, or form. And it's just going to be a matter of contention and struggle for the, for the, for the foreseeable future. And now we'll hear the quote from Ali. I can't find it. What quote? I'll tell you what. It's a quote. Basically, it's a quote from some theologian, um, I believe a Christian theologian, and it says something like, um, when you get to heaven, you can't bring in with you any anything you, you know, accumulated in this world, which we all know. But it just says in a very beautiful way, the only thing you can take, you can bring in it with you is the heart that you you um, uh, created for yourself in this earth, like this heart that's willing to serve God and that, and that um, you know, you developed, you know, while you were here. And I just thought it was very moving. Hmm. Express what I'm trying to say, right. but I can't. Maybe you'll find it. Okay, we're going to move to our Sorry. second segment. We do two <laughs> segments. What will you be davening for over the coming year? We'll start with Johnny. Johnny, what do you have any for? Um, obviously, uh, other than health, leave that. Yes, health. Okay, fine. Right, we mentioned health, and, and um, on that, we daven for ourselves and for others. So, so for, for myself, I suppose clarity. Uh, it's been a challenging year, and what I hope God can bless me with is greater clarity in terms of what I learn and what I teach and the people I attempt to help because with clarity I can do a better job and without it uh, I do a much much worse job so that's um, that's a bakasha uh, in, in terms of me privately uh, but there are many people many other people who are just very lost very lost spiritually um, uh, who are just drained and so I'm doubting that they have an opportunity and that God assists them in that opportunity to uh, be restored somewhat. Because I, I look at the world and I think we're all running on a pretty low gas tank. Uh, and some who are blessed to have a family around them and a, and a comfortable home, notwithstanding the scrapes and difficulties uh, of this long period, I think uh, have a lot of resources to help them through. And others, whatever the circumstance, be they those who've lost jobs, those who are living alone, those who've lost family, 
um, they are really, really very, very weak uh, uh, and uh, weak physically, weak emotionally, weak uh, mentally. And I'm davening for them to to find strength and for God to give them strength for them to move forward and to have a more fruitful, successful and um, and joyous uh, uh, next year. Yeah, I am. I I mean. I look at my situation and like we complain about it in your mind, but you think about people, I, I think about people, I just think about people with young children. You know what I'm saying? That I'm at a stage in my life where my kids are older, like they kind of take care of themselves. I can't imagine being stuck with like little teeny babies and having to, you know, we have a friend who now just went into be dude with her four-year-old in her bedroom for a week. You know, like... I, well, just I, for you I to know, I mean, uh, <laughs> w- without without being improper and in, in sharing uh, unnecessary details, there are people who sometimes call me for assistance. And most recently, somebody was in a very similar predicament who was juggling work from home, lots of young kids, uh, unemployment in the family, sickness in the family, yeah. and they are under immense strain. Uh, they probably should go and see a professional for them. They they haven't. They don't think they've got the time, the breathing space to do so, though I've encouraged them to do so. Um, and the more this goes on, uh, the weaker and weaker they feel. And so uh, obviously there are certain things which aren't so solvable. Uh, employment, as we know, is very, very difficult around the world. Kids at home at the moment, even with schools being open, they're closing quite rapidly. And there's tremendous unpredictability. And we need to be a little bit more boundaried uh, in order to help ourselves build, bring, uh, build up strength, but certainly we, we ask the Kaddish Baruch Hu to help ourselves and others uh, in order to achieve that goal. Mali. Okay, first of all, I found the quote. It's Francis of Assisi. I mean, that's not what he's quoting. Um, Keep a clear eye towards life's end. Do not forget your purpose and destiny as God's creature. What, what you are in his sight is what you are and nothing more. Remember that when you leave this earth, you can take nothing you have received, but only what you have given, a full heart enriched by honest service, love, sacrifice, and courage. In that light, what will you be praying for? Okay, what will I be praying for? Well, first of all, I I think the world is going a little bit insane, and it it sort of freaks me out. Um, I think um, we're on the edge of like some type of, we're just all nuts. The, the whole the whole world is is just nuts. Everybody's nuts. The polarization is is um, really scary to me. So I I will be davening. You know when we talk about um, it's what Rosh Hashanah Kippur is about. It's like um, you know God make your you know You know make your um, presence and your dominion known. World, um, the way I view that, I mean, Johnny talked about clarity, but like help people, we talked before about align, help people align with the right values. And again, I'm not, I'm not taking one position or another because I think that, that any extreme is not a good place to be. But the, I, just, I just listened to a podcast where he talked about like, um, and he quoted, I think, um, War and Peace, where he says there's a, mo- he describes a moment in, in war we're like, you know that if you take a step forward, right, you're in the space where the war is about to start, to, to start, right? And you're standing one second before stepping into that space where, like, you know, all hell breaks loose. 
And is there an ability to stop before you kind of walk into that space and walk into that precipice? And I, I just feel like if we're not careful in so many ways, we're, we're, we're at the edge of a precipice. And I, I, I wish for us all, I like Johnny's word. I like the word clarity. Um, clarity, and I, and I like that word that I used before, kindness. Um, we just all need sanity. I think that's like, like, like a part of it. Like, like, a, like, everybody just needs to breathe, calm down, unplug, and, and just reconnect to their own humanity and, and disconnect from their, their, their sismaot, their, you know, their, their ideologies that have, be, that have, that have, kind of taken over their ability to hear other people's perspectives and I just think we just we just need clarity and we just I just we, we can't do I feel like we can't do it without God's help. I know that sounds bizarre, but that's it's really what I it's really what I feel like humanity is not in a good place right now. And so I just hope it's an eight rat zone and like God will nudge us in the right direction. Okay, I'll share mine. Thanks for that uh yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of vague and yet depressing. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't say, like, it's really interesting. Normally during the davening, you know, like, and, you know, you pray for Parnassa. During a normal year, Baruch Hashem, it's like, things are good. You know what I'm saying? Keep it good. So for the first time in a long time that I can remember, it's not so great. You know, like, it's bad for a lot of people. And like you said, like, it's hard to know that the fear is, like, the things that we see going on in the world, and, and especially in the United States, because everything that happens in the United States eventually happens everywhere else, is a result of this pent-up anxiety and pressure. And I fear, like, if COVID follows the model that people think it will, or, or fear that it will, that like in 1918 you know the winter of 1918 was a was it was just a prelude for the winter that followed it's a very fright it's a very frightening prospect so maybe the first thing we should pray for is a vaccine that, that the world should be redeemed yeah, from yeah, the world yeah. you know maybe that's world health so i'm not allowed to say that but you know it's obvious that, but i also fear for the jewish people i fear for the jewish people around the world and people always say oh you think you're safer in israel I don't know. I don't think we're safe in Israel, but you know who's who. You know what I'm saying? You know who, who, you're, who you're up against, who your enemies are, and who's, who's in, in America, you don't know anymore. Because if you're far right, they hate the Jews. And if you're far left, they also hate the Jews. So this candidate wins, they'll blame the Jews. That candidate wins, they'll also blame the Jews. It's, it's, not, a good, it's not a good situation, and it, and it makes me fearful. That, that's, uh, that's a concern of mine and something that we have to, I think we have to keep in mind, the general volatility of the thing. Can I add one thing to that, which is, um, that's another thing I'm praying for, which is I feel like Israel is not quite America, and so I'm praying that we can stay, we can resist. I agree with you. We, we usually follow their yeah. patterns, but like certain it, it, it's certain interesting. differences culturally. Patterns, so, but we follow their patterns, but push comes to shove in Israel the sense that you have is it's still one big family. Like, it's a family fight. Yeah, yeah. also, and there are other, there are other differences. Um, you know, Israel is a very strange tree. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, a big, it's a real anomaly um, in a lot of ways. 
Um, so I pray that we can. Um, Which is, by the way, might be why we can't get all the COVID noise. Thing. We can't what? get COVID under control because, yeah, I think it might have to do with the nature of Israel in general. We might be the worst. Just like we were the best for the same reasons. Right, exactly. Because we do because um, we do emergencies really well, but we can't do long term. Right. The the last yeah. thing I want to say, Johnny had something personal. I really am going to try to work on. I need to let go a little bit. Like I'm a very controlling person in the sense of that I think I have control. I've always been under that. Like you know, if I work hard and obviously like it's fine balance between you know just not letting go in general. But having that sense of letting go and, and putting yourself in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, every time I do it, I find myself enriched by the experience. But then I always, like you said, go right, snap right back to the mean of my personality of like, oh, what if I don't do this? What if I don't do that? And uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to go to Uman. Let go a little bit because somehow those guys have it and, and, and I don't. Yeah. Anybody want anything? Johnny, Mali? Uh, I think I was going to say something, but you've ended on something very, very profound, and so I don't want to... Yeah, uh, go for it. Why not? Before we let go, before we go. No, well, I was going to say you were discussing politics. I think 2020 has been the year where my faith in God has increased, but my faith in politics has decreased. I've never claimed to be somebody who understands politics. Obviously, I, I try and maintain awareness of what's going on, but I'm not a political commentator. But overall, globally... Um, my general faith in not necessarily the political system, but pretty much many people who are leading many countries, and this isn't one party or another, this is not a party political statement. But overall, there is a sense of frustration and disappointment that we, we're a world with a lot of resources, we're a world with a lot of capabilities, and there have been far too many times where our leaders, whomever they are, in whichever exile you may be in, have allowed the petty to overtake the important. And, you know, we were talking beforehand how we need to make sure we live our life, making sure the important takes priority over the petty. But it's hard when those whom you see uh, in the news, you read about in newspapers, seem to, on a fairly regular basis, not do that. See, but Johnny, so I've actually, always believed we get the leaders that we deserve. Our leaders, we don't reflect right. our leaders. Our leaders reflect us. We're living in the most self-absorbed time that, in, that ever. So why would we expect our leaders to be any different? We, we, the, the question isn't necessarily expectation. I would say, though, that if there was expectation uh, at the beginning of Tafshin Pei, uh, as we're about to begin Tafshin Pei Aleph, that that's had a rapid decline... Uh, perhaps more in any 12-month period than I can remember. Uh, it's not to say there aren't scandals in countries or failed leaders, but consistently, systemically, shall we say, there have been seismic uh, disappointments. Uh, uh, and it's, it's not the person, again, to stress, but seismic disappointments in, in, in what's been pushed as being the greater priority on a, on a fairly regular basis. And so, yeah, we do need to make ourselves more worthy. And truth be told, people who are worthy need to be prepared to get inside the ring. Because change only happens if you're prepared to roll up your sleeves and say, let's make a difference. Um, and more and more of us need to get more and more serious about making real difference. With that call, Johnny would like to announce the formation of his political party. What are you, <laughs> what are you calling your party, Johnny? 
Oh, me and politics. I'm just, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, well, we, we, we've had that in Israel. Yeah. But no, not, not, the answer is not <laughs> you in the You said get involved. You said get in the ring. Correct, but I don't, I don't have those kelim. Uh, uh, but that doesn't mean I don't get involved in, in other systems and in other organizations. Not everybody is to be a politician, but everybody needs to be involved in the systems that surround them, interest them, bother them, and they can make a difference in. Because passivity is just an unacceptable response to uh, to trends taking place in the world, especially when those trends are going in directions you're not so happy with. Yeah, okay. I think I agree with that. Molly, will give you the last word. No, I just think that that's true. I think um, a lot of the problems of the world are because people can't be bothered to stand up to them um, and to say, like, you guys have lost your mind. You've lost your <laughs> so, minds and... I'm not going to do that. Who's the number one of the parties? <laughs> Molly's the leader of the party or Johnny's the leader of the party? Because I'll, I'll, I'll vote Molly for either one for of you. Sure. I think Ruby. I think you, you're, uh, you're the face. No, I, I've got a lot of things, but this thick skin for, for the politics? No way. It's not politics. I, I'm saying something different. I, I, I don't think it's politics. I think it's, the, it's, the, it's people. I think it's like um, we're, we're allowing ourselves to be pulled along by trends in the world that are, are scary and dangerous, and we're not willing to stand up and say like no that no that's crazy um and i, I think we, we all need to be a little braver okay we're not okay. being brave and not you know articulating what exactly we mean but gotcha yeah. <laughs> i have no idea what you mean but okay. exactly next week molly will tell us what she meant this week okay <laughs> there, there will be no podcast we're gonna be the podcast i think it's gonna be Air rosh hashanah well i let's let's plan on meeting uh during a de Chuva. After Rosh Hashanah, so I would take this opportunity. Am I right? Is that fair? And like, you know, hundred yeah. percent. I think uh, we'll take this opportunity on behalf of uh, Mali and Johnny to wish all of our listeners Shana Tova Amituka, the predictions of the Chatam Sofer that uh, that Tafshin Pei Aleph should be uh, better than Tafshin Pei. If you don't know what we're talking about, Johnny will post it on our Facebook page. You don't know what we're talking about? I saw it somewhere. I, why would I post it? I think you were discussing it. You're the one who mentioned the Chasim Sofer. Okay. I said Chatam Sofer. I didn't say Chasim Sofer. He would say Chasim Sofer. But anyway. Oh. Okay. And uh, it should That's be a good year. Here. It should be, I'll say it, it should be a year of health. Kadosh Baruch Hu mankind to have a vaccine. We should Amen. find redemption. We should find our way out of this uh, quagmire. And when we look back a year from now, we'll say, wow, what a turnaround. We were in such a down and the entrance of Tachim Ha'al is ending with such a boom. Amen. 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 So may so may it be written. So shall it be done. Have a great weekend.